So we got news today of an arrest made in that fatal accident that killed a 22-year-old woman, a case of alleged road rage that uh, ended one life and now possibly a second, that being a 32-year-old man who has now been charged with dangerous driving causing death. This all has to do with this multi-vehicle chain reaction crash you might have heard about where police allege uh, the accused had merged into a lane and suddenly slowed down in front of a car driving on the QEW near Cawthra. And according to the police, it was that sudden move which would cause a number of cars to slam on their brakes and hit the car in front. Five people were hurt in that crash, and 22-year-old Nicole Turcott, who was a passenger, was killed. This is a friend or a cousin of the accused, or pardon me, a co-worker of the accused who spoke to reporters today. Nothing, just the behind car was uh, flashing the lights. So he just confused and uh, uh, he got a reflection in his eyes. So he just slowed down the car so he because the wind was not clear. Did you realize what had happened afterwards, that there was such a big crash? Yeah, we know. The car will hit. But you drove off anyway? Sorry? But you drove off? Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't you stop? I don't know. The, actually, we were confused. What happened? Because, as I told you, the VN was not clear. The car behind us, he was uh, dipping us, the flashing lights, you know. And uh, he just, uh, the VN was not clear, so he just stopped the car. Why not turn yourself in later then? I mean, you, the club place have been going out for, you know, ever since then. About yeah, we, we, we came around, we, we came back towards uh, uh, the location where we were. So the highway was closed, so that's why we just take another exit. Why didn't you contact police after this? Like it's been two weeks and they were looking for it. Why come forward? Uh, What can I say now? Actually, I just want to tell the police, but uh, my my Yasser, who was driving, he said to me that don't tell the police. So... All right, so that is Ali Murr. He's uh, he was in the car at the time, and uh, whether he understands now, uh, he will be called as a witness in this case. So I'm not sure why he would speak to the media so openly, but nonetheless, uh, an interesting set of comments to say. I want to bring in Brandy Summerwood to the to the conversation because she is the cousin of Nicole, who had just started her life, who had just got a promise ring from her boyfriend, and was studying her passion, which would have been creative photography. Brandy, thanks for joining us. Hello. I know that this has been a very, very tough time. You've been living this nightmare with Nicole's family for the last two weeks, and it started with the shock of hearing Nicole had been killed and then the fallout that you guys have had to deal with in trying to find who could possibly have left the scene, and today you got answers. And I'm so grateful to everyone that came forward and the OTP for all of the hard work they've done because we wouldn't have answers otherwise, you know. So I and I'm so grateful for for you and the news people that have put it out there and kept kept a voice for Nicole. What was it like to see um, the accused? What was it like for Nicole's family and for you? Because you obviously went down to 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 the court to see uh, him make his first appearance. Uh, what was that like? I just I was so overwhelming just to see him and he was sitting like and just. Like I had a police officer sitting in front of me and he was just beyond that in, in the glass, you know, enclosure with cuffs on. And, you know, it's just, 
I had that mixed emotion of anger and complete sadness and feeling overwhelmed. And the officer beside me just held my hand, handed me Kleenex, and just she basically just comforted me all the way through it and kept telling me how good I was doing. And, you know, but she, you, you almost want to scream out and say something. But I just kept my cool and just I walked out behind them. And when the media followed, I walked out behind them again because, you know, though Nicole's not here, I'm going to stand strong for her. And I'm going to stand strong for my aunt because she has every right to grieve right now and to start her healing. And I just want to be there for her as much as I can through all of this. That, that's that's a difficult task because he, so much of the part of healing uh, when it comes to, to a death, uh, you know, a, a normal death, um, it means you have to be uninterrupted. You know, you need the time to grieve. But this is a situation where her child, your cousin, was taken at such an, a young age so suddenly. Uh, and to be living in this bubble for the last couple of weeks where you're part of a story, a nightmare that's unfolding, it, it, it's got to be a nightmare for all of you. It has, and to a degree, it's just you. You think when you wake up in the morning, you know that this isn't this isn't real. It's all a bad dream, and you know. And then you wake up and go, you know what? It is real. Yeah. And there's somebody out there that's responsible for this. And you know, last night, um, I I was talking to the officer, and I was just so overwhelmed. I went to bed thinking. I think I heard that they say, you know, um, that they got somebody. And when I woke up this morning, I was waking up to a text from the pro- the photography program coordinator, David Scott, saying to me, I just saw the news. Yeah. They ha- had somebody in custody that her own, that, that, that her, the, her own professor of photography and the coordinator actually cares so much to reach out to me and say this. Yeah, well, there's no question people care. Um, but, you know, we hear and we use this term a lot. Uh, certainly the police use it, the media u- uses it of, of closure, that this will give some sense of closure. But it doesn't actually give closure. This is now the start of a new chapter for your family who have to go through the process of the court uh, process. And, and this man who's accused will have his day in court. So I'm not going to speak too much about what he's facing. But this is going to be a very tough road for a long time to come it is it is and it's uh i just i i just hope that uh she's i'm encouraging my aunt to reach out to victim services i know she's she wants to speak to the reverend Mm -hmm. who so kindly um did the uh, church part the church part of the funeral they said that's on the church you know that nicole volunteered for them and was always there to give and you know be whatever they needed of her. And um, so, I mean, the church even did the lunch that uh, everyone came back after the burial and, you know, was able to speak to each other and share their memories. And the church took care of it. So she really feels a bond with the Reverend that, uh, that did the funeral. So I'm hoping that that bond will help her start mending her heart. Yeah. And she, she, Nicole has a brother, and he has to he has to grow up with this. And I know my doctor directed me to Sick Kids website and said there are resources um, to help her know how she can help her son grieve. And 
Yeah, it's a very it's a very tough uh, process. I want to ask you because you know this is one of those teachable moments where people will kind of maybe take notice and say, "Geez, you know, we can't be fooling around with this kind of stuff. It's just not worth the human toll." If knowing Nicole the way you did, what would she be saying and what would she be thinking? You know, right about now, if she could, if she could talk. You know, it's funny because Nicole was uh, quick to forgive. Is how her her boyfriend put it, you know, she never, she didn't get mad easily. I think she would be passionate about this. And I think if it were me that died in the car accident, I think she would be championing all the same as I am for her because she really had a strength to her and she was just starting to have a voice in the world, whether it was through her photos or, you know, through the conversations she was having with people, you know, she really didn't judge people for, their skin tone or their religion, you know, and she just, she would have championed for me and would have done probably the same thing I'm doing right now. Yeah. Brandy, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Our best to you, your your family. It's going to be a tough journey, but we'll follow it. Thank you. It's Brandy Summerwood. There is a GoFundMe uh, campaign uh, to help with the expenses. Funerals are very expensive. Uh, They're living in a hell right now. And that is, of course, uh, on a GoFundMe page uh, for Nicole's funeral. That's what it's called. And, uh, you know, when you lose someone, you know how hard it is at the the most normal of times. But when you lose someone to a a violent act or or, or a sudden act like this, it is it is. It is like a life of surrealness. And when you meet these people, they, they, they are living in a bubble. And uh, it's just a lot for them to have to comprehend and live through. So tough time, tough story, and a tough lesson for a lot of people to learn.